Welcome to another inspiring message from Pastor David Hall, Senior Pastor of LifePoint Church. For more information, visit our website on www.davidhall.com.au. Even before we get in the Word, just where you're seated, if you want to, why don't you just raise your hands to heaven, open your hearts and say, God, I open my heart and I'm ready for something to happen. Lord God, I just pray, let there be an open uh, spirit in this house for people to receive from God. Lord, today we're hungry, we're expectant, we're believing. Lord God, flick that switch called faith. And Lord God, that, that those things that be not would be in the name of Jesus. And Father, today we thank you for good things and we give you praise. And everybody said together, amen and amen. Uh, we've been... We've been sharing around the subject of faith the last three weeks. Uh, we've been talking about how to live the life of faith and how faith really is an upside-down kingdom. In many ways, we, we do things by faith that don't make too much sense in the natural. It doesn't make too much sense to uh, bless your enemies and pray for your enemies. It doesn't make too much sense to believe that generosity actually brings provision into one's life. There's, there's things about God and there's things about faith that don't actually make too much sense. But there's supernatural principles that activate supernatural, uh, the supernatural hand of God. And, and, and I want to I look at another aspect of faith that we really haven't covered uh, concerning this series on praying the prayer of faith. I do believe that this is not just a house of prayer, but our church should be a house of answered prayer. Where when we pray, something happens. Otherwise, we, it's really vain repetitions. We're, we're just sort of saying things into the atmosphere and hoping uh, that God, God will do something. And, and I believe that God is so good. And I do believe that God wants to answer prayer. And just because the answer isn't necessarily in your possession, it doesn't mean at all that God hasn't heard and that God isn't acting on your behalf. And We've got, to, we've got to really realize that when it comes to God, his timing's perfect. And I want to have a look this morning in the book of 1 Thessalonians. And, and I really do believe that God wants to speak to us in, in chapter 5. And there, there is really, this, this is a passage that, you know, I preach from every now and then. And every time I do, I think, man, this is so rich. Thess- Thessalonians is so rich. It covers everything from the rapture to godly living to revival and so first Thessalonians and the fifth chapter and I'd love to have a look at the 16th verse together and this is what the scripture says and and Paul's writing to a church you got to understand the church at Thessaloniki is that it had uh, they they had believed that they had missed the day of the Lord so they they believed that they had missed the rapture and they had missed the second coming and so they're a church that really had got into a place of self-condemnation and defeat that's why Paul had to write things to him saying, hey, uh, stir your faith because there's coming a moment where we're going to hear the shout of the archangel. We're going to hear the trumpet of God and, and, uh, and we're going to hear the voice of God and, and, the, and the clouds are going to open and what's going to happen is we're living in the next minute. We're going to be caught up to meet him in heaven. The rapture of the church is going to happen. We don't hear too much preaching on that these days and, and we, we actually should and we will be and we've talked a little bit about it in church, but every Christian does need to know that there is an end coming and there are end times and we can look at that with joy and, and celebration and all those things. But you've got to understand, Paul is really having to get a church that's grieving and hurting and a little bit confused as the nature of God and shift them to become people of faith by, by the presence of God. And so when he's writing here in 
Thessalonians in the first chapter, in, in, sorry, in the fifth chapter of the first installment of this book, he says in verse 16 of Thessalonians, First Thessalonians 5, he says, Rejoice always. Somebody say always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil. Pray without ceasing. Rejoice always. I'm pretty good at rejoicing sometimes. How many are good at rejoicing sometimes? Like, let's be honest. I've bought a couple of instant scratchies over the years. Bible talks about being a good steward, and I think you've got to just plant seed in many different areas. I'm, I, can, I, I want to clarify that just because I have bought an instant scratchy doesn't mean that that is the right thing for a child of God to do. But you're not going to win if you don't buy one. Let's just be honest. Now, maybe this is a discussion for another day. And the way I see it is if you win, you double tithe. Yeah, you, now you're all quiet. No, that's not true. You weren't upset about buying the ticket. You're upset about splitting the winnings. Excuse me. If God gives you the number, give to God what's God's, please. It's now 30% just because of your attitude. I don't believe you should be buying lottery tickets at all. I believe you should be trusting God. But if you did win the lottery, I'm sure it'd be easy to rejoice. If I said to you, you've won eight mil. I reckon you'd have eight million reasons to rejoice. I'd be rejoicing. I'd tell you, church, I'd be pumped. I would be, you'd be see the flags would come out. I mean, the interpretive dance, we, it would be on like, we would have church. It would be, but how many know when the opposite happens and you suffer loss and you suffer lack? How many know it's not as easy to rejoice in those times? We don't rejoice on what hap- based on what happens to us. We rejoice because of who God is. And he says, rejoice always. Habakkuk. Sometimes I like to Habakkuk a tea. Habakkuk. Apologize, dear. She's heard that joke 70 million times. God, he, he's crying out for his people to be delivered. God gives him a word. It's not going to happen. They're going to be utterly destroyed. He's not too thrilled about this. It's not great. That's what's happening in Habakkuk. He says, even though the fig tree doesn't blossom, even though there's no grapes on the vine, even though the olive crop fails, he says, yet will I rejoice. And he says, and I'll be joyful in the God of my salvation, for he is the strength of my life and my portion forever. When he says jump for joy, uh, rejoice, it means jump for joy. How many, when's the last time you got your bill from AGL? And instead of being 650 bucks, it's 1,400 bucks. And you think, that's not quite right. And, uh, and you say, when's the last time you get that bill and you're going, hallelujah, to thine be the praise, to thine be the glory. If my wife did that, I'd lock her up. I really would. I'd say something's come loose. And she'd say, no, son, no, husband. That's, 
It's got, got weird in here. It's, uh, you should say no, dear. Uh, that's the word of the Lord. But he doesn't say just jump for joy. Uh, it, 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 it says rejoice, jump for joy. And then it says, and be joyful. That means to spin around under the influence of violent emotion. To me, what looks certifiably insane and what is praise, there's a fine line at this point. When all hell breaks loose and you're going, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You might do it in private. Uh, public you will get locked up but here's the thing I've come to tell you it doesn't make sense we live in an upside down kingdom and God says rejoice always not not when things are good but when things are tough Lord God I don't know how this is happening but I I choose to thank you I choose to praise you I choose to lift up my hands and rejoice I don't feel like rejoicing but I'm doing it by faith it's an amazing thing because suddenly your mourning turns into joy, your ashes into beauty and defeat into victory. I can tell you, if you want an external victory, you've got to get it in here first. And there are so many Christians who are living in defeat because they haven't got victory on the inside of them first. There are times we just got to get the victory. There's times, I can tell you right now, there are times where I face some of the biggest challenges, but I've, I've won the battle in the spirit realm. And I know it's just a matter of time until we see the full manifestation of that victory in the name of Jesus. Can I tell you, I feel the anointing of God in here today. I feel like something, something's in the waters. And so it goes on to say, rejoice always. And he says, pray without ceasing. And that's really where I want to camp today. I want to preach about the prayer of faith. Faith it till you make it. Praying with faith. But, the, but, but really, I want to preach on prayer that actually gets results. Prayer that Prayer that gets what you're believing God for and, and, and tapping into God. And, you know, some people go, well, God's not Father Christmas. You shouldn't ask him for different things. You know, just tell him you love him. And go. No, that's, that's nonsense. That's religious nonsense. Because there is a big word in Scripture called supplication. Somebody say supplication. Look at your neighbor and say supplication. Supplication is, listen, Making your requests known to God. I have things that I have need of God and I'm asking you by faith. I'm making known to you that need which I have, believing that you answer. Why would he put scriptures like that in scripture if, if, if he's not willing to actually come good on the supplication? Do supplications and I am going to not do anything. Amen. That's not the God we serve. He's a good, come on somebody, that's not the God we serve. He's a prayer answering God. And so I want to look at this because there, there's a lot in pray without ceasing. Wigglesworth said, and I've said this a thousand times in church, Wigglesworth said, I never pray longer than 15 minutes. But he also said, I never go more than 15 minutes without praying. It's uninterrupted fellowship, God inside mindedness. We are aware of the presence of heaven, living aware of that sense of God every waking moment of your life. And when you're asleep, he speaks to you then too. But I want to I open this up and we'll turn to James chapter 5 for just a minute, chapter 16. You all know this. But Jesus, when he introduced the most famous prayer in the New Testament, he introduces the Lord's Prayer. We, you know the prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I should have belted that out. I, I, I wussed out. I should have. Thine. 
is the kingdom and the power. I've got this app. I need to do that on the app. But you can, and the glory for heaven. You wouldn't believe how many times I've auditioned for the worship team and I get the email back, your services are not required at this time. Whatever. Some people are just not aware of gifting. It's a discernment issue, Joel. But when he introduced the greatest prayer in the New Testament, I'm actually more interested sometimes in what he said before he introduced the prayer because I think there's a great truth that we miss because of the beauty of the Lord's Prayer. He introduces it and he says, and when you pray. When? Notice he does not say, if you pray. Because God, Jesus is convinced that if you're a follower of Christ, prayer is part of that equation. It's not something he needs to say, now guys, you have to pray. It's like parents, you have to feed your kids. It's not like, if you feed your kids, it's when you feed your kids. It's quite profound. When? And he says this in James 5, 16. Confess your sins one to another, trespass one to another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. Does anyone believe in the healing power of God? So this is a great scripture. And he says, the effective. Somebody say effective. And then he says fervent. Somebody say fervent. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails. Somebody say avails. Much. A lot of availing takes place. The prayer of a righteous man. Can I talk to you about a righteous man? That's you and I. Bought with the blood of Jesus. Purchased with the blood of Jesus. So when you stand before God in prayer, you're not standing in your own righteousness. You're standing in His righteousness. And so basically what I'm trying to tell you there is that, that you, when you come before God, just come before God with a revelation of the grace of God that you are righteous in His sight. No matter, you, know, you might not be living as you should be. Uh, you might not have everything right. But if you're born again and you love Jesus, you come before God and say, God, in my own strength, I'm not worthy, but I'm righteous because of you. And uh, so I stand in your presence and say, God, I, I, I want to have a chat. And, and, and he's all in. He's listening. He's speaking. And, and he's also hearing everything that we have to say. But he says, a righteous person, this is how we pray. We pray the effective. Somebody say the effective. In other words, a, a prayer that works, a prayer that effectually works. And, and, uh, and, and it's, it's a prayer that's operative. And, and it puts forth power. That's what that means. So a prayer that puts forth power. I mean, you, you're, you're praying with that sense of God's Power is going to be at work when I pray and when I speak and when I declare. Something's going to happen. The fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man avails much. That word avail means to be strong in body, to be robust. To have power is shown by extraordinary deeds. To wield power. And that word much means much. It's very, very deep in the original language. You look at the word much and means much. So in other words, it means heaps. It means a lot. In other words, it avails a lot. It doesn't just avail, it really avails. I mean, if you read the New South Australian translation, it avails heaps. It heaps avails. <laughs> so when we pray. Now, 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 before I go any further, because some people, I've heard teaching on prayer and I get more confused about how to pray after I've heard this teaching. I remember one time I'm listening and this preacher said, and he means well, he says, now, you have to know who you're praying to. 
So you don't get up one day, oh, dear Jesus, I pray, Father, thank you, Holy Spirit. Uh, pick one at a time, speak to them. Uh, sure, if the three are three, but the three are one. If you come to me and say, David, I need to talk to you. So I've been thinking, Dave, that maybe pastor, you've called me three different things. You're still talking to the same person. Or in Donna's case, it can be Dave, David, good looking. Hey, you know, and I, I respond. The third does incite a slightly more enthusiastic response. But I was, the point that I'm trying to make is that I think we can get hung up and get so worried about our formula. Oh, am I talking to the right person? No, the Holy Ghost can communicate to Jesus. They, they talk. If you talk to the Holy Spirit, he's not keeping a secret. What did he say? I'm not telling. <laughs> God, the Father's not sitting there going, I'm not telling Jesus. Nope, not nothing. It's a secret. Good, good fathers don't tell secrets. We get it. It's who I am. I keep secrets. <laughs> Jesus, like, well, you're a good, good father. It's who I am. It's who I am, and I'm loved by you. Yeah, that's right. They're not... They're not as, but Jesus and the Father, Jesus says, I and my Father are one. If Jesus is present, the Holy Spirit's present, God the Father's doing something supernatural. The one of three, the three are one. We serve a Godhead called the Trinity, and it's three persons, but, but it's one God. And so when you come to God, the Father, and you say, Father, I need your help, Jesus is not excommunicated from the situation. Jesus is involved. The Holy Ghost is executing the plans of heaven. And so I encourage you, just talk to God. I, I sometimes think whoever's name comes out first, just chat to them because they're Holy Ghost. I need your help. Spirit of God, I need you. Jesus, I need you. They're all going, let's, let's have a chat. Let's not, let's not complicate prayer. But, I do, but, but if there was a bit of a formula on how to pray, but you can live outside this formula. But some people want to get so specific, it becomes legalism, and this is a relationship. If my son James comes up and he calls me dad, or if he says daddy, or if he, he has recently been calling me Dave, and the other day he sits down and says Dave, but the problem is, when I was a kid, I would have got a belting for that. But to me, I think it's absolutely hilarious. I, we're on a first-name basis. But I'm going to respond because I see the son who I love trying to engage and talk to me. A God in heaven is exactly the same. And so when we communicate with him, he's got an ear to hear. But I want to say this. If we want to look at a formula for prayer, that I would love everybody to get a revelation of this and just know this, just so it can just help you just pinpoint the arrowhead of how prayer works. Here is a great formula on how to pray. We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, according to the word, because of what Christ did on Calvary. Let me say that again, especially maybe you're a new believer. This is a great thing to write down. And you might not fully understand everything I'm saying, but you will very quickly as time goes on, because we talk about this stuff a lot. We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, According to the word of God, because of what was purchased on Calvary. 
Jesus made it possible for us to have divine supernatural access into God where we pray according to God's word and by the power of the Holy Spirit who abides in us and through the authority of Jesus and what he worked on Calvary and who he is and, and, and we pray to God in heaven, the Father in heaven. And you know what? If you get that order wrong, God's totally good with that. Because the word I'm coming by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name is like I still can, I can hear prayer. Whenever you pray in faith, God hears your prayer. Let me say that again. Whatever you pray in faith. I'd even go so far as to say, whatever you pray to God with or without faith, God still hears. But I want to encourage you to put an arrowhead of faith on that which you pray and see a full manifestation of the things that you believe in God for. I want to give you... I want to give you a few keys this morning. I'll get as many as I can. I'm going to be fast because at the conclusion of this message, we're going to take some time and we're going to pray as a church for a few different needs. You might be new here today and this might be, our church might be a little, a little different. Uh, if you, if you, certainly if you haven't grown up in kind of an AOG, ACC kind of vibe church, you've grown up more traditional. Let me tell you, any church that names Jesus Christ as the Son of God and Lord of all and believes in the finished work of what Jesus did on the cross, they're our friends and we love them. We stand shoulder to shoulder to win our city for Jesus. But each church has a few different expressions. And one of the expressions that maybe our kind of church might have that might be different from yours is uh, we, we really go after the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Some churches... They don't go after that as much. It doesn't actually make them a bad, bad church or anything like that. It means they, they, some, some churches, are, you'll find that they're doing some things that we need to improve on, you know. And so, but each church has its own flavor and flow. But this church, we really do believe that we've got to do business in the spirit realm. And, and, and oh, man, I feel that. this So you come to Life Point, you might go to another church that's a bit bubbly, but you might not hear them praying in tongues. You'll hear people praying in tongues at Life Point. You say, why is that? Well, my understanding of Scripture is that uh, the whole early church was birthed in the language of the Spirit and praying in tongues. And so I don't want to not do what they did because I want the results they got. And, and, but that doesn't mean I'm going to walk up to you and say, hello, Korda, ba, 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 ba. But it does mean that when I'm standing at the front as worship's happening, I'm going to be praying in my spirit language. I call it my prayer and praise language, which was given to me by the Holy Ghost 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost. And I can tell you right now, I've faced challenges that English didn't work. Uh, I faced challenges where my own understanding didn't work, so I had to tap in to another realm, the realm of the Spirit of God. And so we pray in the Spirit. Do I have any Pentecostals in the house? But at the end of the service, I just want to give you a heads up that Pastor Keith Moody's going to be leading us in prayer, and there's going to be probably a little bit of that going on. And I'm not doing a disclaimer and I'm not apologizing. I'm really just warning you that it might just get a bit loose. So if you're freaked out, just put your iPod in and listen to conservative church music and pretend everything's okay. I want to give you nine, in four minutes and seven seconds, I want to give you nine keys to pray in a prayer of faith. If you've got a pen and paper, write this down. If you've got an iPad, write this down. If you've got an iPhone, write it down. If you've got a Samsung, just hold it discreetly so we don't have to see it. And, and, if it has an app that even works, write it down. If you've got a Nokia 5110, feel free to continue playing Snake. There is a spirit of mischief in this service. It's been here the whole time, even during praise and worship. There was just, it's good. It's alive. Church needs to be alive. I'm, number one, 
We want to pray and see results. Number one, pray in harmony with God's will. 1 John 5.14. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And he knows, sorry, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Just to simplify that, he's saying, if you ask God according to his will, there's results that come. But he goes on to say, he does hear us whatever we ask. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So people might say, well, how do I know if I'm praying the will of God? Sort of twofold. First, the more you read the word, the more you begin to get an understanding. When you look at the character and nature of Jesus, you have a clear understanding theologically of what God's will is in any situation. For example, is it God's will for that guy to be saved? Well, when the Bible says it's his will that none should perish, it's very clear that if you're praying for an, a, loved, a loved one who doesn't know Jesus to get saved, you are praying the will of God. If he says, by my stripes or by his stripes, we are healed, we can pray for healing because we can see it's in the very character and nature of God. And if that's not enough, look at the ministry of Jesus, everyone that he touched. He, he, he never prayed for someone that didn't receive their, their answer. He moved in miracles. And so as, as a church, we've got to recognize that that's the character and nature of Jesus is the pattern of God's word. That's how we know what the will of God is. But maybe you're a new believer. Maybe you don't have full understanding of the entirety of Scripture. I don't think any one of us in this room has a full understanding of the entirety of Scripture. But you get to learn as time goes on, as you grow. That's why Discover class is an incredibly critical thing for you to do. You might not want to go to classes or, or whatever. But if you get to that class, you'll get in seven weeks or how many weeks it is... Uh, 11 weeks, it just grew because it's so popular. And no, no, if you, if you, and, and you might not have started yet and there's already been a week, just come in this week because you can just say for the first round next time and, and I can encourage it, please go because there are so many Christians that don't know the basics of Christian faith and this is simple it's, and it'll get in your spirit, but how do you know what the will of God is? You get in the word, but if you don't know, don't go, well, I better get to discover class or I better read the Bible before I pray. What if you pray something that's not the will of God? I'm not trying to be funny, but we all know as Christians, you can't pray someone dead. You can't pray for, you curse people. You can't pray that calamity would come on your enemies. You've got to pray blessing on your enemies. So so, so we've got to make sure what we're praying is the will of God. Lord, I pray that they would learn their lesson. No, 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 God, I, I I want them to learn their lesson, but I actually have to pray that they're blessed. Because we're saying, God, I don't need to be justified whether I'm right or wrong. What I have to do is be right standing with you, and I've got to pray and believe God's blessing. When you pray something that's not the will of God, let me, this, this is what I believe. The more time you spend praying, if it's not the will of God, the beauty of prayer is that your will begins to come into alignment with God's will. Am I making sense? So if, I, if I'm praying, for, I'm, I'm using Donna as an example, but... I don't pray this ever. I don't pray this much. If I pray, God, change my wife, change my wife, but I do it. Mind you, if you've got an unsaved spouse, pray, God, save them, wash them in the blood. Don't get me, but I'm saying, if there's, if there's difficulty between us, I'm saying, change her, change her. It's only about 10 minutes of praying that. And suddenly God's speaking to you about the things that you actually have to change. Does that make sense? So that's how you come in. You come into the will of God. You cannot hate somebody that you're praying for. If you've got an enemy, you might say, God, I can't forgive this person. I'll tell you how to forgive someone. Pray for them. 
Don't send them flowers, give them money and be their best friend again. But if somebody's wronged you and somebody's hurt you, or let's go next level, somebody's violated you, I don't think you should go and say to that person, well, come and be my best friend. That would be inappropriate. It would be irresponsible. And it would be, it'd be a psychologically uh, dangerous thing for your own mental health to do those things. Those that have violated you say, that's fine. But, but what, what, don't say that's fine. But I'm saying don't, don't, you don't have to restore relationship. Let's say, God... They've wronged me, they've violated me, but God, I pray you bless them. Not, 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 because, not even because I want them blessed, but I just do not want them to have a hold on me in the name of Jesus. And you, you cannot hold on to unforgiveness if you're praying for someone. And so if we're praying the will of God, here's the thing. Don't stop praying and go, oh, you've got to find the will of God. Here's, just, just start praying and watch the will of God just start to captivate your heart. Donna can tell what I'm thinking and what I'm needing because of constant dialogue. Even if at first we don't agree, you come into agreement by talking things out. Come into agreement with God. Can I say, I know it's simple, but trust me, that'll work. I've proven that in my own life. How many others could say the same thing? I've prayed for things before and I thank God he didn't answer those prayers and the opposite happened. I've asked God for things that I thank God took a lot longer to happen than when I wanted them because I wasn't ready for some of you are praying for a wife. It's a good thing to pray for, but why don't you just pray, God, make me the best husband that I can be so they're lining up. Some of you, 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 no job, no life, no friends, no character, no integrity, no morals. God, give me the best looking wife ever. God's going, why would I do that to her? She's got discipline, she's got integrity, she's beautiful, she's talented. Boy, she's not marrying you. What you need to do is say, God, give me a wife and work on every one of these things and bring your life into the will of God. And then God will go, oh, I know somebody that you're going to think is pretty fly. Watch what I can do in the name of me. <laughs> Number two, pray in agreement. Matthew 18. Let's have a look. Matthew 18. Somebody say agreement. In the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit fell because there was agreement. Matthew 18. I brought the wrong Bible to church. It's the right translation, but my other Bible, it's all, I had the ribbons, and my other Bible has three ribbons. I've got a three ribbon special. This one's just one ribbon. It's useless. Matthew 18 and verse 18. Assuredly, Jesus is saying, he says, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. There's more than two or three gathered here today. Can I ask you a question? Whose name have we gathered in? We haven't gathered in the name, name of LifePoint. We haven't gathered in the name of the AOG or the ACC or the CCC or the CRC or the TAB or whatever. Whatever. We're gathered in the name of Jesus, and, and he alone have we come to exalt and magnify and glorify. So if we're gathered in his name, when we come in faith and pray for some things in just a couple of minutes, God can do a great work in our life. Maybe, Samunga, if you can come and play keys so these people think I'm wrapping up, that would be a great thing. Whether I am wrapping up or not, that's another question. I am. Number, number three, pray always. Pray without ceasing. We covered that, really. Number four, pray with the right motive, James 4, verse 2, you do not have because you do not ask God, or when you ask, you do not receive. Sometimes we ask. We don't have a posture to receive what God says. 
We don't have a, a bucket to draw the water. We're asking God. Some of us are asking God to fill a metaphorical bucket. We don't have a bucket. There's a, oh, there's a hole in our bucket. We don't have a bucket. Someone stole your bucket. But here's the thing. We've got we to make sure as we're praying and asking God, we set ourselves up to be recipients of what God has. I've seen, I've seen times. I remember there, there's been times. I remember once upon a time, there was a lady in our church and she said, I want to give you, I want to give you some money. It's like $50. I remember... I knew she didn't have what I had. And so I said no. And, and I sort of thought, that's the right thing to do. I'm not taking $50 from a lady that's struggling. And don't get me wrong. When people give me money in church, I get given the, the old hallelujah handshake. How many have had those? They are fantastic. You, and then you put it in your pocket and you wait for them to go away and you run into the side room and have a look at what's in there and it's a five and you're like, Pfft. no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Has anyone had a hallelujah handshake? Give me... I love it. I, I've had a hallelujah handshake before. It was one of those stupid million-dollar notes that have, like, if you don't repent, you're going to hell. I'm like, that's not a gift. That's a false hope. I mean, the truth is, it's not false hope on the note. It's just that the note wouldn't buy me a new shirt. So, but I always generally take those handshakes and I put them straight in the church offering just because I think that's a clean thing to do. It's just the right thing to do. But I, but I, I remember I didn't, take what this woman was giving. It could have even been $20, whatever. I remember God spoke to me afterwards and he said, you preach on faith. You preach on believing God. And he said, I instructed her to exercise her faith. Yet you wouldn't receive what I told her to do. And I don't know if she walked off discouraged, but she probably took a bit of courage because it's weird just giving random people money. Come up to bless me. And I said, sister, you know, in my piety, did I rob her of an opportunity? I don't believe I did rob her. I robbed myself. Because God was testing her heart for whatever reason and she acted in obedience and I was the one lacking obedience but sometimes we just don't know how to receive what God wants we pray for things and they might come in a different form you know maybe maybe your deliverance might just come different I don't know how it comes but let's just make sure we're open to however God wants to bring the answer into our world and pray always pray with the right motive number five this is very important this is probably the most important thing for the end of this meeting number five pray specifically I don't think I need to elaborate on that. Just tell God what you need. God, this is wrong, and I need this answer in the name of Jesus. We, and that's what we're going to pray in a minute. We're going to pray for specific needs. And I'm going to ask you in your seat to open your, vo- open your mouth. And as we're praying, oh, you don't need to yell it out for us, but as we pray, I'm going to pray a generic prayer, God, meet needs. And I want you to name them, what they are. Because there might be a specific thing, God, if this happens in the natural, it's the answer to what I'm believing for. Speak it. Name the person. Name the situation. Because it's not just about God knows what you have need of, but you're speaking it into the atmosphere. Are you following what I'm saying? I know the 11 o'clock crowd, some of you are new to church, and this might be weird, but I want to encourage every Christian should have to break the sound barrier every now and then and learn to pray out loud. And if we can't pray in church, how are you going to go with your family when things things are rough and things are difficult? Pray specifically. Number six, pray believing. Number seven, pray in Jesus' name. Number eight, pray God's word. Pray what you believe the Bible says. Number nine, pray in the Holy Ghost. Jude 20 says, build yourself up in your most holy faith. How? Come on, let's stand if we can. How? By praying in the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? Praying in the Spirit. Praying in English, but praying led by the Holy Spirit. Praying in tongues. If Maybe you've never stepped over into that place where you pray in the Spirit. Don't, don't stress out today. We'll make time for that as the weeks go by. But as a church, we're going to take some time 
and we're going to pray. We're going to believe God for some things. We're going to believe God's going to do some divine turnarounds. I'm believing God this week. And don't, don't just take this as me making a good claim and whatever that's unaccountable because, you know, we'll never know if it happens. I'm believing this week. Multiple people in this room are going to get a breakthrough because of your prayer. And you know what? I want to add to the collective prayer of the nine o'clock service and even seal what they prayed. So as one church, we're believing God uh, that something's going to happen. There's people that had needs. There were significant needs in the early service this morning that I want to make sure that we bring to God's attention as well. But maybe there's stuff in your life. Maybe it's financial. Maybe you've got a family member away from God. Maybe it's healing in your body, whatever it is. I want us to pray prayers of faith, but I want you to speak them. Are you with me? Are you with me, Ronnie? Please get this in your spirit because sometimes, and you might say, well, I'm not confident in praying. I don't need you to get up and say, yea, verily, I beseech thee, therefore, by the grace and mercy of our God, O benevolent God in heaven, would you come and shower forth mercy and bestow upon me your biggest mac and a pound, a quarter thereof. You don't need to pray those prayers. But what we do need to pray is specific prayers in the name of Jesus. Say, God, by faith, I've got a kid away from God bound by drugs. Can you do something? I've got a mum or a dad away from you. I've got a brother or sister in calamity. God, this tr- I'm broke. I can't pay my rent. Bills have come in. It's impossible. God, my car is running by faith. I need a new car. You might say, David, you can't get people praying for this. I pray that you all get new cars. I, I pray you all get homes paid off. I, I pray you're blessed. Why? Because you're children of God. So we pray for some things. And so it's wrong to pray for it. No, the Bible says that God gives... A good father lays up an inheritance for his children and his children's children. He wants you so blessed your grandkids get it. Are you, are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? And so you say it's prosperity preaching. Too right it is and it's good. It's the word of God. And so we're going to pray today. And, and this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Join with me and I'm going to pray in agreement with you for whatever it is you're praying and believing God for. I'm praying that that cold goes as well. And again, we take the devils coming out of people back there in Jesus' name. <laughs> we're going to pray. And we're going to believe God. So this is what I want you to do. Just be confident. Maybe you're shy. Why don't you just, as we pray, just throw your hands up to God and in surrender and say, God, I believe in God for something. You might be totally shy in doing that. You don't have to, but give it a go anyway. Uh, I remember years ago, Ash said to our youth, you tried everything else. Try this, it works. Let's lift our hands to heaven. Let's believe, because that's where our help comes from. As I pray, voice some of the things you believe in God for in your life. Father, today, and maybe some of our leaders and people of faith, just help stir the atmosphere a little bit. But Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we come before you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, according to your word, Lord, because of the finished work of Calvary, and Lord, by faith, we speak out different things. And God, let healing come. Let deliverance come. Let prayers be answered. Let hope flood impossible situations. Lord, parents that are having battles with custody. Lord God, let the right thing happen for the glory of God. Lord God, I just pray for families that have estranged children or siblings or parents. God, heal that thing in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I just pray today that the mighty power of God would flood this house right now. We call on you in Jesus' mighty name and we declare the power of God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Let it be done. Let it be done. 
Jesus' name. Pastor Keith, just lead us in whatever prayer you feel and then give people a chance to find Jesus. And, but let's just keep our faith up for a minute. There's some things that maybe God wants to do, so we'll just make room for the Holy Ghost, okay? Let's just hang around for a bit. Hallelujah. I just believe there's an atmosphere right here, right now, for a breakthrough. There's some of you, as Pastor Dave has been sharing, you need a breakthrough. You need God to show up. You need God to do the miraculous and the supernatural. Lord Jesus, we just praise you and thank you now. In your name, Lord, situations are changed. In your name, Lord God, people are healed and made whole. There's people with long-term sicknesses, pain and disease in this church right now Jesus in your name those people will be healed and made whole Lord there's people who need financial miracles even right now God you're going to open up the windows of heaven from unsolicited sources we're going to see miraculous outpouring of finance into people's hearts and lives Lord we're going to see people right now in relationships where there needs to be a change of heart. Lord, in husbands and in wives. Lord, we're going to see those change right now by the Spirit of Almighty God. Lord, we just thank You. We give You praise. Lord, in Your precious, Your wonderful name. Homes and families restored in relationship. God, in Your precious name. We thank You, God. You're the God who is the deliverer. We thank you for it, Jesus. We thank you for it, mighty God. You're a God who acts on our behalf. You're a God who intervenes. God, we just thank you in your precious and your wonderful name. Jesus. Hallelujah.